Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey, welcome to Page Break. I'm your host, Brian McClellan, coming to you as autumn grips the mountains of Utah. A bit of housekeeping. If you're going to be in Utah for Brandon Sanderson's Dragonsteel Con on November 14th and 15th, don't forget to stop by my booth. I'll have books and merch to sell, and we'll sign books and chat. Even sooner than that, I'm preparing to kickstart a brand new novella. This is my first foray into short fiction in the Glass Immortals universe, and takes place roughly 19 years before In the Shadow of Lightning. It follows a peasant boy named Montego, who arrives in the capital of the mighty Osun Empire with dreams of becoming his own man as a professional cudgelist. The Kickstarter should begin on November 1st and last for 30 days. There will be early bird specials, hardcovers, signed swag, and even character tuckerizations up for grabs. As with all Kickstarters, the special tiers will be first come, first serve, so keep an eye out for those. Now, on with the show. My guest this week is Australian cosplayer Nick Melian. Nick is known for her massive presence on Twitter and Instagram, where she puts a sexy spin on favorite characters from pop culture around the globe. She also streams on Twitch and TikTok, and designs her own clothing line with the Lonely Kids Club. Nick and I chat about being proud of what you do for a living, the variety of small skills you need to learn to run a creative business, and the disconnect between our public and personal faces. We also talk about a recent injury she had during a photo shoot, as well as the challenges of being a content creator in a hyper-competitive field, and how she tries to stand out. Enjoy my conversation with Nick Chameleon. Man, so you had a pretty bad accident recently. Oh yeah, (laughs) we're getting straight into that, are we? (laughs) We are. I, well, I wanted to ask how you're doing. <laughs> I'm doing really well. Yeah, it's um, it's been like just over two months now um, with my fractured spine. Thankfully, the way that it happened, uh, it could have been a lot worse. So I'm very lucky the way it happened. Sounds silly being like, lucky I fractured my spine this way. But like, yeah, um, it's just like, it's been really tricky because I'm a very active person. But we're getting, we're getting there. They said that I'm allowed to go back to Lyra, which is how I fractured it in the first place, uh, three months afterwards. So next month ready <laughs> and and that's the gigantic hoop right yeah yeah man that's crazy so are you like you you fell in a river is that what i saw uh, yes onto a river rock god damn oh. <laughs> it's like an um origin story of like bane and batman ba- like bane <laughs> breaking batman's back but it's a river rock on me <laughs> yeah i was doing a photo shoot it's the first photo shoot i was doing um doing lira and uh yeah they didn't have a a mat underneath which they usually do which is fine because you want to get the good shots but I just did a move that I needed help getting out of like or just in case and it didn't really work out but that's okay these things happen Uh, it's a high-risk sport (laughs) that's absolutely crazy now is that the first time you've had kind of an accident like that on a photo shoot um yeah yeah I think so all the other photo shoots are pretty like safe (laughs) (laughs) not so high risk so no it's um yeah, it was pretty wild. And because it's not with my husband, so my husband's my photographer. And so that was actually like a, a specific Lyra photographer who had the entire like setup. So she's like an aerials photographer. But um, yeah, so that was even more crazy that because I was not in like my comfort zone with my husband. So it was a bit yeah. like, ah. Oh, and that's got to be, oh, that's got to be so hard. Like, oh my gosh. And you're just, you're laying there in a river. You're wet and you're trying to do it. <laughs> yes. And it was, it was Shoot. a winter. <laughs> oh man i know they were trying so hard to keep us dry for the pictures and then i just like look like a drowned rat after i fall in oh <laughs> that's that's just the absolute worst i know so then well, i was I'm, stuck in bed but yeah it's getting good i'm i'm glad that you're recovering um because yes. that's just you know, an injury <laughs> like that that's rough um 
my wife's been having uh, lower back problems. She had a, uh, uh, what's it called? A bulging disc in her oh, lower no. spine. And, and she's trying, she, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll heal on its own, but she mm. might have to have surgery and it's oh, oh, no. no fun at all. I know, when it's your back, it's like, that's what holds everything else up. Like, you need that to be good. It's like a bit terrifying. Well, and when your back hurts, everything hurts like there's no way to get comfortable mm-hmm. like yeah you can't do anything uh, it's all connected to the back <laughs> uh it's the worst um well and that kind of leads into another question i had is that um i was really curious about your setup so you do lots of photo shoots yeah do you work with like a whole team of people <laughs> is it is it one or two people is it an employee like how do you do that kind of thing so it's just me and my husband we're in like a partnership and um yeah we have a tiny little house with, it's like 90 square meters is the house and we also work from it so we have this room which is the streaming room and uh computer room and then I have my costume and creation room like my cosplay room and then we turn our lounge room into a studio so we have a paper roll that we roll down and we have to move everything from our lounge room into our kitchen because there's not enough room and then we have to do the photo shoot and then we have to roll it back up and take everything back from the kitchen into the lounge room but it's just yeah it's just me and my husband and we just set it all up and kind of jack of all trades have to do all the different bits and pieces for it so when you first kind of were thinking about doing this professionally did you did you realize like how much side work there would be in this prof- in, in this job like cuz you know a lot of with writers especially you get a lot of writers who come in and they think oh yeah, I'm going to be able to write and that's going to be my dream job and it's awesome. And then they learn that they have to like run a business, right? Mm-hmm. I know it kind of sucks the creativity out of you when it's like, have you done your taxes? And you're like, leave me alone. I just want to create stuff. <laughs> it's so frustrating. But yeah, there are so many elements. It's kind of like if you look at a film production and I'm not being like, eh, mine's like a film production. But when you look at it, creating that sort of stuff, stuff, wow, creating that sort of media is, um, is hard because you have the sound guy, you have a lighting guy, you have the the photographer themselves, you've got the model, you've got so many different elements. And then as well, you've got a makeup artist, you've got the costume designer. And so between me and my husband, we kind of just have to like do all of the bits ourselves. But it's actually kind of fun because then you learn a whole bunch of different things as well, different skills that can't really be used any other time, but they're useful now. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the things like um, like learning how to kind of frame shots, learning how to, um, you know, for, for writers especially, uh, learning how to navigate uh, kind of the, the world of the internet, right? And marketing oh and, and self-promotion. Yes. All of that, I, I think that's reasonably valuable even in the real world, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that is true. How do you find... People now are such like into technology and everything. Do you have to kind of accommodate to that and have everything on on like Kindles and online reading as well as books because because of that? Well, publishing is pretty it's pretty ubiquitous with that because you have, uh, especially when you're working with like a traditional publisher, which I do for most of my stuff they take care of everything. And I, I always, you know, I always check, I always make sure, okay, are we having the hardback come out the same day as the audiobook and the ebook? Cause that's really important to a lot of fans, but I, I usually don't have to think about that kind of thing too much just mm-hmm. because I've got a publisher to do that for me. Yeah, that's good. When I'm doing self-publishing, totally different thing. And I do have <laughs> to think about that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's hugely important, you know, to be aware of what's be aware of what people are expecting from you mm. and be be ready to kind of be organized with everything. You know, there's even there's there's publishers still that occasionally will put out, you know, they'll put out the the ebook a month before the hardcover. What? And honestly, when, when that happens, that drives me nuts. Yeah, I think it'd be the other way around. You'd want to drive sales to the actual physical copy of the book. You would think, but mm. I mean, ebooks are a lot easier as well because you just once. No, no, they're not the same. <laughs> it's not the same though, right? No, no, I can't do it. People are like, oh, yeah, you can have like a Kindle. And I'm just like, no, I need to hold the book in my hand. It needs to be like this entity that I'm just like sucking in through my eyeballs. <laughs> I was oh, going to ask, sorry, what was, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I just had to get it out. Do you do your own audio book? Like, do you read it yourself? And um, Oh, 
Oh gosh, no! I don't. No? Have, I don't have the voice for that. I would. <laughs> I would stutter my way through it. Wouldn't people love that though? Because they're just like, oh my gosh, it's the man, the man himself. Uh, you know, you get occasionally celebrities, like celebrities, people that have like experience with voice acting. Yeah, they'll they'll do their own books sometimes. And I'm sure that occasionally there's like normal fantasy writers who, you know, give it a go. Mm. But I I think that it's usually best left to the professionals. Well, I guess that's not really your field. Your field is the writing, not necessarily like voice acting. <laughs> well, and, and voice acting is a whole nother thing. You know, there's mm-hmm. you have to learn how to breathe between sentences. You know, oh you God. have to learn how to pace yourself, all that stuff. I wouldn't know how to do that. I'm not <laughs> pace no. myself. What's that? right right man um so at what point in your life did you kind of look at kind of where you were and say i want to play dress up for everything (laughs) no it's actually kind of crazy i always grew up being like i don't want to do my hobby as my job that means that it won't be fun anymore i think that's just what what people say to make themselves feel better when they don't have a good job and and um and they just go, oh, I'll just do it on the side. And I do I do see the value in that because you get to switch off your brain and not have to think about work and, and play with whatever you're doing as a hobby. But, like, doing your hobby for a job is freaking awesome. It's, like, literally the best, um, except for all the taxes, you know, but that's, that's another thing. <laughs> um, so I kind of started doing cosplay back in school. So I was in grade 11 or 12, and my brother was – um, we we're, were both into anime and all nerdy things. And he was like, we should go to a convention. And he told me specifically, it would be weird if I didn't dress up. So like, you would look like the odd one out if you didn't dress up. So I was like, oh, well, I have to dress up if it's like the uniform. So I dressed up as Luffy from One Piece, because that was one of my favorite animes at the time. And I just kind of got all these bits and pieces together from op shops. And I loved the outfit and I thought it was just the best. And so I wandered around and I was like, this is really cool. And I just saw all the other people dressed up. And then the next year, I um, my best friend from school was also into it so then we did a combined costume together and then it kind of just went from there and I don't know I just got obsessed and I dressed up all the time and went to all the conventions went to cosplay meetups and then when it got to the point where uh Patreon kind of popped its head up uh my husband was like hmm, maybe you could think of doing that and then it just yeah took over it took off well, and when did, are you doing that full time now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I started Patreon back in 2017 and I still had my normal job. So I kind of did it in between different jobs. I tried to move around and try different jobs and everything. And then I ended up um, loving uh, Black Milk. So it's just a clothing company that I'm like obsessed with. And so I worked there for a while and then slowly my Patreon money took over how much they were paying me. So then I'm like, well, if I invest more time into Patreon, maybe I'll get paid even better and so I kind of said goodbye to black milk and started doing it full-time and haven't looked back it's crazy (laughs) Uh, that's really rad I love that I I love when people are able to kind of say okay I can I can do this right it's just such a it's such a formative moment I think in a lot of kind of creative professionals lives is when they say well this is a thing Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna give it a go just like take that leap it's pretty scary and I made sure that I was earning more through patreon because it started getting like get you know an okay amount of pay and then it was like oh now I'm sorry more than more than black milk then I was like okay now it seems like I'm okay because I was so worried that the second I jumped into it that it would just disappear and I'd have to go back and be like oh my gosh I'm a failure <laughs> I I had a very similar experience when I uh sold my first trilogy I was working at a um I was working at a really really like soul sucking collection agency. And I think I was making $12 an hour and I just, it was horrible and I hated it. And I, I got the offer for the books and I kind of did some math and I realized this is a really good offer and this is worth a good like four or five years at the amount of that I'm making right now. Oh my gosh. This is my chance to like really jump in with both feet. And I did. And I've, I've managed to keep it going so far. That is awesome. You're literally living like the dream because I, before any of my cosplay stuff, all I wanted to do was like be an author. I wanted to, 
I wanted to write. Like I used to write books when I was younger and or just little mini stories and I just loved it. And I'd bring my friends over and would sit up on my water tank and I'd read them to them <laughs> and stuff. So I just I don't I've always I still would love to do that, but I figured back when I was younger that it was probably wait until I have a bit more life experience because I didn't really I didn't really know much at that point. So I was like, I have to wait till I do more things in life and then I'll probably have the the ability to write better. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, I think life experiences, I think helps quite a lot. Um, but, uh, but just doing the writing itself often is what really gets people moving through it. That is true. That's yeah. I don't know. It's just awesome. I think that at the moment I'm still in the let's read a bunch of books and get inspired stage. <laughs> I feel like my vocabulary is not good enough. I'd have to write a children's book at this point with my, with my vocabulary. Uh, you know, I, vocabulary is overrated. <laughs> what are these big words? Just kind of write it and then just look up thesaurus and be like, oh, yeah, that works. Yeah, you just throw that word in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be awkward at all. <laughs> oh, man. So so what is the... Um, what what is your experience with doing these big photo shoots? Because I I saw I saw something the other day that was um you were you were wearing a Joker costume at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. in an alleyway. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Like, how do you end up? How do you find these locations to do a shoot, and how do you plan and execute that kind of thing? We just kind of like drive around or go. We like to do things locally because it's a bit easier. We have to have our giant like moonlight. It's like this huge round soft light thing that we use. That's the technical term. Um, and so we have to like drag it in our car. And I don't really like doing um, photo shoots with people around. I don't like the public seeing me. I don't know. It's not that I'm like ashamed of it. I just find it really uncomfortable and I don't want people to come talk to me because I'm just like, no, 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 leave me alone. I don't know. It's weird. I I, um, I wish I could be a bit more out there. So I, I generally like working out where places are where people aren't going to be which works for photos as well because you definitely you don't want to have people in the background of your shots and everything um so that one we just drove past an alley near where we live and we were like that looks pretty cool and um I 2 a the 2 a.m is usually because I'm really putting off putting on makeup so I usually just like I start getting ready at like six but then I've put on a movie on my phone while I'm putting makeup on or I've worked out that I haven't sewn something onto the costume and I've got to sew it just before we go or stuff like that and then it's like all right I guess that we'd better go and it's it's like 1am and we're like oh my god <laughs> it's not very good planning at all do you do you kind of do you enjoy that freedom to kind of work at whatever time you want yes it's the best like I legitimately yeah. woke up like half an hour before I jumped on this with you it was the best <laughs> I have really good intentions to get up and go for walks but that doesn't happen every day <laughs> what about you do you do you feel like it's hard to to kind of um be disciplined and stuff like wake up at good times and go to bed at good times are you a night owl or so I've I've always had a really complicated relationship with this because I I used to not even start writing until about 10 p.m <laughs> and then I would write uh, until two or three usually and you know I'd play some video games I when I was when I was early on in my career when I was working on probably my first three books I spent a lot of time staying up until, you know, four o'clock in the morning and then, you know, waking up around, you know, one or two and, you know, then going to Chipotle or something like that uh, for breakfast. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I, I feel like, like I hit my thirties and I kind of started to slow down and I realized that it was a lot harder to do that as mm -hmm. I got older yeah. and I, I'd feel more miserable. And, and so like the last two years, I've been really trying to be better about keeping things a little bit more smooth and consistent. And I still struggle with it like every single day, but I I've gotten to a good point where I'm usually in bed by about midnight to one. And then I'm usually up around eight o'clock in the morning and you know, I go do exercise for an hour and then, and then I avoid my writing the entire day. <laughs> yes. I can 
relate. Do you clean your house? I clean my house to like yeah, I, I, to avoid anything. It's great. I, I clean. I I garden. I uh, play video games. Yep. Yep. That's. No, I feel. I feel like with video games, I, I I feel too guilty doing that. But if I'm doing like cleaning, I'm still accomplished, and I'm like, no, it's fine that I'm putting off the thing I should be doing because I'm doing something else that I should be doing at some other point. I I, I just prioritizing. I definitely get that guilt from playing video games and things like that. But do you ever do that thing where you say, well, if I do, if I do chores, then, then it counts. But then once you finish your chores, you say, I should reward myself with something yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you should really just be doing the thing that you're supposed to in the first place. <laughs> right. I, I got up yesterday morning. I got up and I, I exercised and then I uh, had breakfast and I wrote for like three hours first thing in the morning and I oh, damn. and I like I felt so good <laughs> I was so proud of myself and then and I was like okay I'm gonna do this tomorrow and then this morning I get up and I'm like oh there's so many things to do around the house <laughs> yeah oh my god so maybe putting it off is a good thing <laughs> I, sometimes yeah I, I don't know I think I, I feel like if I could get consistent about maybe two or three days every week, I think I'd probably be happier with myself. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just hard when it's not, yeah, you're not forced to do it and you're not forced at times and stuff. Getting a routine is so hard when it just it's up to you. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, is that like my experience is that I kind of, I don't really have a boss, but like my editor is kind of my boss, but I only talk to her like three or four times a year. But you don't have any sort of bond. <laughs> no. You just have to kind of deliver kind of what you've promised to like Patreon and things like that. Like, how do you deal with not having yeah. any accountability? It's great. No, I, I, <laughs> it's I'm I'm a very like guilty person and I'm very like I I need to try. I've, I've always tried my best in everything I do. So if I'm not trying my best, then I feel like I'm letting myself down. So I really, I'm very good at pushing myself to do things. And um, and I guess the good thing is that I have Kian to like bounce off of, um, but it's mainly just me telling him because he doesn't like getting out of bed. So it's really hard when you have both of you really not wanting to get out of bed and go for the morning walk. You have really good intentions when you go to sleep, but when you wake up in the morning early, you're like, no, thank you. Not for me. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> so it's hard. And it's hard like kind of trying to work out because I guess with you, you'd have like your your um, to-do list would kind of make sense. Whereas for me, the internet's a very confusing place. So I kind of just go, I guess I'll post on this. I guess I'll check out and see if there's any trends going on and trying to work out what to do on the internet's tricky, but I seem to have done all right so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's another thing I was curious about. How... How do you decide what you're going to do next? I have like so many costumes on the go all of the time. I have so many I want to do and like it just the list just continues. So I don't know. It's either you try and stay on trend for a movie coming out that month um, or you just kind of I, that's a really good question. I don't know if there is any method to my madness. I have a little Photoshop file that I have the different months and I like putting all the different pictures of what I'm going to do or what I think I might do for that month and trying to stick to maybe if it's like a Christmas thing do a Christmas outfit or yeah try I like doing themed stuff but at the same time I just kind of go oh, I really like this I'm just going to do it this time or last month I had green hair and I wanted to change it to blue so I was like what a perfect time to do the joker before I change it to blue but there's I don't really don't think there's any method to my madness it's just like let's just go for it Hey, Page Break listeners, Brian here, rudely interrupting myself for a bit of a plug. Making a podcast isn't free, and I'm hoping that you enjoy it enough to pitch in a pittance. To do so, head on over to patreon.com slash pagebreak, where you can toss as little as $3 a month into the tip jar, $5 a month to get the podcast ad-free and early, and $10 a month to hear your name in the credits and feel a smug sense of superiority. You can also buy my books from your favorite retailer or direct from my website. Thanks to everyone who contributes. Now back to me. Do you do you try to keep I, I mean I imagine that you have to keep some sort of a schedule when you when you deliver to something like Patreon, right? Yeah, yeah. 
what how how do you how do you kind of determine that schedule is it like a once a month thing a once a week thing um and and how far ahead do you work um oh my gosh i wish i could work further ahead sometimes uh, that's the problem as well before i got injured we were ahead and then i hurt myself and then we had to go into the into the um archives and be like sweet what have we got ready to to just edit and and put out without me having to take pictures while I'm broken. Um, so with Patreon, we're really lucky that it's per month. So we have the entire month to make sure that we get out all of the content. I do three shoots a month in general, sometimes more. And I do one like bikini one. And then I do two either costumes or one costume and one more um, fashiony kind of shoot. And so I just have to make sure that that's all out by the end of the month. And we generally have one every week or, or two weeks to do that. And we just make sure that I'm posting and engaging on Patreon so that people don't think I've forgotten about them. But there's so much behind the scenes. Like I kind of, I'm like, oh, I swear I'm I'm working on a lot of things. I'm sorry if you don't see that. But then they're like, boom, here's a full photo set. Do you like it? I hope you do. I do. Bye. I'll be back <laughs> like with another one. So what? it's um, good. And, and that's another like kind of thing is that is, is juggling all of this content. Because you mentioned before, like you know, having, you have all this different, all these different kind of platforms that you have to pay attention to, mm-hmm. you know, like Twitch and YouTube and, you know, Twitter and Instagram. And then there's actually Patreon, which I assume is what pays most of your bills. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, so how do you, how do you juggle so much? Cause as a writer, I really only have to do Twitter and then, you know, I, I do Twitter and, you know, I post on you know, I, I post on Instagram sometimes and, and that's about it. I don't really have to worry too much about it because people aren't expecting content from me. Yeah. They're expecting a book, you know, once a year or two kind of thing. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep all of that engaged all at once? I don't know. <laughs> like, I kind of, I go, I go on and off some things. Like I'm always on Twitter cause I love Twitter. Um, it's so much fun and people are really lovely to me on there, which is nice, but then you have to kind of figure out how, to post on all the other things i i'm off tiktok right now for a week i'm just because it got taken down last week by mistake so i'm just like nope tiktok you're in jail on my books i'll post again in a minute but i'm just not going to think about it i don't really have I, I think i just like wake up and go hmm i haven't really posted for a while i guess i should and i have to post often enough that you're kind of like reminding people like hey hey i'm still here i'm still a thing like look at me but they're not too much that they're like oh not this girl again um, and you don't want to like promote Patreon all the time. Obviously, that's what, you know, lets me continue to do this creative endeavors. But I um, you don't want to be like, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me. Like that just seems super annoying. Plus, I do a lot of content. It's all like fun as well. So you want to make sure that people know that it is still for fun. It's not just because you want to get paid. <laughs> so you kind of, yeah, I just post a lot all the time, just spamming, just spam my face. I just hope for the best. I hope people don't get sick of seeing it. Well, I, I think that that's a really big struggle with most creative professionals and social media is that balance between, you know, for me, it's how you know, buy my book, right? It's yeah, yeah. buy my book or or go to Redbubble and get a T-shirt or something like that. But I don't want to yeah, constantly yeah. be telling people that. No. But on the other hand, that is my job and that I know. is in my bills. Yes, it's so hard to find that balance. Because it's just like, hey, how's your day? Buy my book. Like, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like it works because it's it's crazy. Like I posted, it seemed like I posted like every single post for the last two months. I've been like, okay, well, this is an old shoot because I fractured my spine. Hey, I fractured my spine. Fractured my, like I feel like I was going so annoying. And then everyone's like, yeah, we get it. Okay. Like you did something silly and you hurt yourself. And then I'd like post about it on something else or, or more recently. And people like, oh my God what happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? Every single post for the last two months has been just about this. I don't understand. So sometimes it gets lost in the lost in the translation of social media. So you kind of have to keep posting about it or else people don't know. Yeah. And, and it makes you feel so awkward though. You, you feel weird. <laughs> yes. And sometimes people do see every single post, but most of the time they don't. Yeah. And it's hard for you as the person doing it to really know where that falls. Like, yeah, but at the same time, both you with your book and me with my content, like we're selling cool shit. Like, go get it, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> like, you know, it's good. 
<laughs> you have to kind of be proud as well. So it's hard because there are some people that you, you see promote a lot, but I think it works. Like it's just, yeah, be proud of promoting and, and trying to get that dosh by making cool creative stuff. It's it's definitely trickier than just going to your boss and being like, cool, can I get paid this week? So it's, yeah, it's hard, but it's, yeah, it's fun. Uh, well, and and what you said there about being proud, I think that's super important. Like, like being proud of yourself it's you you see this a lot with writers is lots of writers are very down on themselves you know oh I, this isn't this isn't very good or i didn't do that great of a job or i don't think i'm very good and all of that and oh why oh my gosh but you have to be kind of proud you have to be proud to be able to really succeed in a creative field because if you're not proud of what you do then other people aren't necessarily going to kind of get the vibe of the things that you put out that's 100% true. I Oh, my gosh. And especially in the cosplay stuff, you can kind of see people try because it's like it's blown up quite a bit, all this like cosplay and getting paid to dress up and everything. And there are some people that you can see do it because they know that they can get paid for it. But then you can kind of tell the people that are just like genuinely obsessed with cosplay and, and it just like you can see that spark and you know that it's just like they're so proud of what they're doing and they're just so obsessed and love and um, enthusiastic about cosplay so you can kind of see the difference between those two different realms of it so definitely have to have to be proud of yourself and I mean you have a lot to be proud of so (laughs) (laughs) I I like to think so um what what kind of um when you look at the stuff that you've done what is it that you're most proud of like do you look back at something and say oh man like I like I I sewed that thing and I did a really good job. Or do you say, oh, I I looked quite sexy in that photo. Like, (laughs) what is it that you look back on things and 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 your brain just goes, yeah, I'm great. I mean, that's hot because (laughs) looking at a picture of myself and be like, yeah, she damn, she's good. (laughs) I'm very good at disassociating. So sometimes (laughs) when we look at like photo shoots, I'm like, oh, she's a hot bitch. But like, it won't be about me. It'll be about the person in the picture, which sounds insane. But sometimes it's easier being on social media and being able to disassociate. So if people have mean things to say about you, it's not about you. It's about that the person that you put out on social media, even though it is you and I am quite authentic on there. It still has like that tiny little bit of uh, barrier. So it doesn't hurt so much. Um, but I think, yeah, it's a different mix of things because some of the costumes, it is just like, I don't know, you're like, oh, damn. Like, and, uh, it's so annoying because at the time, like in my Vampirella costume, I looked so good in that. Like, it's insane. But at the time, the shoes really hurt. And I was like, I don't think I don't think I look very good. And then afterwards, I just want to yell at my like previous self and be like, you dumb bitch, you looked so good. Why didn't you feel it? Like, so <laughs> it's like a weird disconnect. But I do, I do like looking at um, pictures and being proud of both the how good I looked in them or how I felt, and then also um, in how I've like made them and, and that sort of stuff. Well, and and that's a totally other kind of uh, other aspect of what you do is is the way other people perceive you, right? Because you know when you're an author, you you write things. Sometimes they're incredibly personal, and sometimes reviews can be very mean. But at the end of the day, it's still it's still a book you put out and and you can kind of disappear into the shadow. Right. Mm, mm. But with someone like you, that's like literally you. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with kind of like the Internet trolls and the kind of that kind of stuff? I'm like so I'm so incredibly lucky that I've cultivated this wonderful community around me and my followers and fans and everything they are so wholesome and lovely I think I think that I've I I don't know how I'm so blessed to have them but because I do a lot of derpy pictures with my silly face it kind of like instead of putting me on a pedestal of like this girl is like out of this world model like beautiful like like look how stupid she looks and I don't take myself too seriously I want to kind of ground myself and make sure that people know that that I am just like stupid and like everybody else because a lot of people online you kind of look at them you're like they are so untouchable like oh my gosh that's insane whereas I don't like I don't think I could work that way I think I have to um show my craziness and it I don't know I'm really lucky that I seem to have I you know you get the odd bad comment here and there TikTok's good for it uh for bad comments they're they're kind of mean on there I don't I don't understand what that is but um, but in general, I haven't had too too hard a time because everyone's really lovely to me. I guess it's the silly faces keeps people that 
that don't like silly faces away. So I, yeah, let's keep those nice, happy people around that like seeing the stupid faces because they're the, the good, they're the good ones. I I actually really love that as a bit of a defense mechanism because I I noticed that with your promo <laughs> photos, your promo photos always seem to have like you know, two to four kind of, you know, serious, <laughs> quote unquote, and then one that's like just you being goofy. You know, the internet hates it if I don't, they're like, where is the depth? If I do a do a post without like the carousel where you get to like um, slide through and see the other pictures, yeah. if I do like one picture, they're like, excuse me, I think you seem to have misposted. Um, can you please uh, fix this? <laughs> Where's the depth gone? <laughs> well, I think that's actually really quite a very clever branding sort of tactic, right? Because like you mentioned before, it's a, it is a big industry. Mm. The, you know, like ladies dressing up and posting pictures on the internet is that's a very large industry and to kind of to kind of separate yourself from that pack with something that's a little bit more goofy and grounding i really like that well i think it, back in the day when it was first like back in the day um cosplay was very there was everyone just wanted to look really good and so it kind of did make you seem very different whereas now i think people are having a lot more fun with it and being a lot goofier especially on tiktok and stuff like that you see these like really hot girls put on these silly masks and dance around in these silly things and they they're not too afraid to look silly so i think it's good that we're kind of morphing into that more let's just not take ourselves too seriously and um yeah it's that's my kind of people (laughs) (laughs) now you mentioned before that you're quite a shy person do you do a lot of conventions? I do. I do do conventions. I love conventions because they're all like-minded people. I think I wouldn't consider myself shy. I'm quite loud and outgoing and I like meeting new people. But I think I don't know what it is because I post pictures to like hundreds of thousands of people online. But if I have people down the street looking at me, I'm like, is there something on my face? What have I done? I need to go hide. Ah, It's so, it's so weird. Such a strange disconnect between real life me and online me I don't know it's so weird because like if I go to the beach I mean besides the fact that I don't want to get sunburned I'll wear like a full full on long sleeve suit but if I'm doing a photo shoot I'm like what is the tiniest bikini that I can put on my body like I like it's such a strange and the people you see at the beach will only be a handful but then the people online there's way more and I'm way more comfortable with that than it is you know, it's the difference between being able to t- do a video online and just post it up rather than talk in front of 100 people in person. I think that that's hard. I, I've always had a struggle with people looking at me. Like when I was a little kid, like one of my... <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> when, when I was a little kid, one of my biggest fears was strangers kind of paying attention to me. Really? Like, you know, when, when my mom would try to introduce me to like her old friends and things like that, I was just terrified constantly. And, you know, going out, like the idea of, you know, taking my bicycle around on the street, you know, cars passing would see me, you know, neighbors would see me. And I, I hated being looked at. And honestly, yeah. as, as somebody who has to do public kind of things, you know, a few times a year, it's, uh, I think part of it has been really good for me because I'm, I, it forces me to get out and, you know, and I actually have to stand up and talk in front of people and things like that. Mm. But man, I totally understand what you mean about just like the, the being in person is so much harder. It is. It is. I haven't really done anything uh, at a convention, like talked in front of people or anything. It's different because when you're at a convention and you dress up, you're with everybody else who dresses up. So you might see some people like you're not going there as like a guest, like you would where people would be like waiting to see you and and all that kind of stuff. It's more of a, I'm just in with the rest of the nerds and we're all running around having a good time. So it's more on like the same, the same level and I can run off and hide with my girlfriends and yeah, just have fun. I don't know. It's, it's different. And then I guess once you're out and about and you're just with the normies and you're taking pictures in your, in your costumes, then you're the weird one. Whereas like we're all weird here when we're at a convention. So it just feels like, ah, oh, this is nice. We can relax. And it's like a little family. So yeah, it's a bit yeah, different. And, and, and people are less likely to, they're less likely to feel, you know, different about seeing somebody in a costume and things like that. Yeah, no, exactly. That's where you do it. So I don't know. I wish I could be more public without freaking out even taking videos I'm so embarrassed like taking selfies in public I don't know why I don't know I just I grew up with without phones and it's not not I don't know I just in my head it's always just like no go climb a tree instead 
But it's like, no, selfies are like a part of my job. And it's like, no, go climb that tree and don't put it on your phone. Just touch some grass sometimes. I, I, I definitely have that thing where I'm like, oh, I should have taken a photo of, I don't know, my meal or something like that and posted it on Instagram just for fun. But then I think, but wait a second, I'm like sitting here eating it. Yeah. And I don't have to post a photo. I'm an author. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because like, yeah, I'm not an oversharer. I don't use my personal Facebook. I don't, I've never been one of the type of people to whip out my phone straight away and take a picture. It's like the last thing I think of because you want to enjoy the moment as it is. So sometimes the food looks really, really good. And you're like, I think followers would be like, that's pretty cool what you're eating Uh, or whatever. So you take a picture, but other times it's kind of, it has this like special spark to it. If you don't share it with anyone, if you're just like, this is just for me, (laughs) even though it probably like, I don't know, certain things you do would probably get good views or people would really enjoy seeing it. Sometimes you're like, yeah, this is all mine. Like my precious. (laughs) Do you find, so So when I, I've talked to quite a few people who do YouTube and Twitch and, um, people that are people that have to produce content on a regular basis. You know, like I said before, as an author, I really only have to produce content, you know, once a year or something like that. Mm. But one of the subjects that has come up with every single discussion I've had with these people who produce content regularly is the idea of burnout. Um, the idea of, of creating content so much that it becomes exhausting and it just weighs on them really badly. Have you ended up having that experience at all? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, like you said, in the creative industry that is forced, not forced, but their job does entail them making a lot of content. Yeah, I guess, I guess you do. I guess recently I haven't been hitting that because I haven't been able to do much with my fractured spine. So I'm just like, burnout, I love that. Like working too hard, yes, please. Because I've I've hated just sitting around not being able to do anything. But no, definitely when you get into the thick of it and you're just working very hard on all the things. And I just always feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I'll post a YouTube video and I'll be like, oh, but I haven't been on Twitch or, or TikTok or you'll do a bunch of TikTok videos and be like, no, but I haven't done a YouTube video for a while. And so it, it's just like, it's a constant, but I think you just have to kind of step back and, and be like, no, it's okay. Try not to get burnout out. Cause that is, is pretty easy to get. Are, are you able to kind of just like step back and kind of take regular vacations and kind of treat yourself like a, no, absolutely not. No. What's that? What is that? What is that? <laughs> what's a vacation? No way. When you're doing what you love as a job, it's like you never want to stop or you never have a chance to. It's funny when I talk to people about what I do or when when they have two two things they either say. They say, oh, the weekend's coming up. Oh, you wouldn't know because every day's the weekend for you or the weekend's coming up. You wouldn't know because you don't get a weekend. Yeah. So you know how people take your job depending on whether they think you're just having a weekend all the time or don't have one. So, cause even if we wake up late, we work late and all that kind of stuff. So I guess it's just the grind because it is a creative job. And, and I, I, when you work for yourself, you just like, don't want to stop. There's always times I feel guilty if I'm not working and or, or posting or doing something, just anything that's helping my job. I, it's like, ah, uh, it's hard. You feel guilty. Do you feel guilty when you take time off? Absolutely. Yeah. If I, if I'm even just like waiting for a doctor's appointment and I'm not thinking about like the next <laughs> thing I have to write, I always end up feeling a bit crappy about it. Like, oh, yeah. I should have spent that time brainstorming. Yeah. So yeah, you're just as crazy as I am. Love it. No, it's, I think that's what happens when you have a creative job. You just, you're just always constantly thinking about it. And because it is your like obsession and what you're so enthusiastic about it's hard not to like when it is your dream to do this sort of stuff it feels like you're letting yourself down if you're not trying it to the 110 percent. yeah well and so how do you deal with the kind of the dichotomy between how you perceive yourself and how other people perceive you because like in a in a, in a smaller way like you mentioned you know having friends or acquaintances say Oh, you all, your week, your day, every day is a weekend to you. Um, or, you know, alternatively, you know, you're posting sexy photos of yourself online. And so that brings with it a certain type of kind of, uh, a certain type of fan <laughs> that, that perceives you in probably a much different way than the way you perceive yourself. Do you think about that kind of challenge of balancing your public life with your personal life? 
Yes and no. I feel like I'm lucky enough to, because I do all the silly faces or I've just kind of ebbed myself online. I do feel like I need to be a little bit better than my normal self online um, so that people think that I'm like awesome. But at the same time, I, I am very authentic. So it's not so, it's not too tricky to be like, okay, now I've got to put on my like Nicomelian face and try and be happy. It's like, no, this is really who I am all the time. So I doesn't, it's not too hard. But like I said, I have just enough disassociativeness to be able to not take things to heart if if people say bad things. But that's that's a two a double-edged sword because when people say nice things, generally you're kind of like, oh, thanks, but don't believe them as well because you've got that, yeah, it's hard. You just want to suck in all that niceness because everyone's so kind to you and they say such lovely things. And then there's that one bad comment. And you're like, I guess I'll just disassociate and not listen to anyone. There's a stereotype among writers that when you get reviews, you can have a hundred really good reviews and you don't kind of, you don't believe them. Yeah, yeah. But you get one bad review and you go, oh, my life's over. Clearly my career is a sham and I'm, I'm a terrible writer. Yeah. You're like, that's the one. Yeah. They're like, oh, they saw straight through the book and knew, knew that it was bad. And it's like, no, that's silly. Yeah. No, that's. That's it's not true. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I have a question for you. Yes, go ahead. Have you cosplayed before? And if you haven't, what would you cosplay? Oh my gosh. So I have never cosplayed before. Do it. <laughs> I, I'm very self-conscious about my appearance. Aww. And and being kind of a bearded fat dude, oh my God. Uh, a short bearded fat dude, it means that I, I like my cosplay options are like dwarf. Oh my God, not at all. Not at all. That's the thing about cosplay. You don't have to look like the character. You just, it's whoever you like the most to, to be able to just become them however you want to. Oh, I get, I get so like any, like I was saying before, like a childhood fear of mine is people looking at me. And so I guess that, mm. that, that kind of thing is like, I, I, I've kind of learned to be happy being myself in front of other people. Um, but the idea of, of pretending to be someone else, I think would trigger like a really bad fear. No way. That's so much easier. Why do you think people cosplay? It gives you so much confidence. If I put clown makeup on, I am like, my confidence is through the roof. I don't know. It's so weird. It's just, I think that's why people like cosplaying. Cause it is sometimes you feel really self-conscious about yourself and you're like, cool. I just won't be me. I'll be someone else. You don't necessarily have to act like the character. Mm -hmm. Um, some people do, I don't, but, um, it's, it's more of like, ah, I'm not me. I'm someone else completely. And it's just, I don't know, the clown makeup thing for me, it just gives you so much confidence. Yeah. Or if people put on masks and stuff like that and they're just like, boom, I'm, you know, Jason from Friday the 13th or Ghostface from Scream. And it's like, you become, you have like a little part of that character in you and it gives you like a little bit of confidence, even if you don't have to act like them. Right. Right. I, I can definitely see that. I, I think that, I think there would be a part of my brain like... It's funny because I I consider myself to have a pretty good self esteem, but like, but I also know that like that's totally fake. Like that's a like a projection that I have. What? Oh, oh my god! So like, so the idea like, if you you said what would you want to cosplay as? Yes. Um, I like okay. So did you see the new Dune movie? I did. Yes. So. I would totally go as uh, Duke Atreides, you know, I, Oscar Isaac, 
you know, like, Oh yeah. Just he, but the thing is, is that he is so stately. He's so gorgeous and like commanding (laughs) and like, you know, I'm a short fat dude. I can't pull that off. And I would feel super fake trying to. No, I can see. I see what you mean. Sometimes there are characters that I don't suit at all, but I love them too much that I'll I'll cosplay them. And you'll look at other girls cosplaying it and be like, oh, they suit it way better than me. But at least I gave it a go. (laughs) Right. I think the love for the character kind of pushes through those barriers of like, ah, I don't want to do that. But I have to do this all the time. Whereas for you, this is something completely out of your realm. So I totally understand. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think that there is a fear deep in the back of my brain that people would look at me and say, oh, he's being silly, but not in a fun, silly way, in a bad, silly way. And that's ridiculous. I know objectively yeah. that that's ridiculous because yeah. I write fantasy novels for a living. I'm a silly <laughs> person, like, but, but still I have that fear in my brain. Oh, I totally understand. It's so hard. You have to try and get rid of that whole care about what other people think thing and I don't know how to do that I really don't know because even though I can disassociate online in person you just want everyone to like you and you don't want people to either have an opinion of you or you want them to have a good opinion of you and it's it's so weird and you just want to read people's mind when they're staring at you and you're like what are they thinking and then you think oh my gosh they think all these terrible things and it's like they're probably just looking straight through you to whatever food truck is behind you like (laughs) I don't know it's just it's so hard to not think about what other people are thinking of you Uh, if you figure it out you tell me how to do it because I still haven't cracked the code yet well and I think a lot of people that have you know like social anxiety and you know like that kind of uh maybe poor self-esteem things like that I think we all kind of you know, maybe share, you know, you share the knowledge because everybody knows that the moment someone walks out a door, they've forgotten you exist. You know, they have their own life. They're doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. They're, they're trying to figure out, you know, like you said, the food truck, they're trying to figure out what lunch is going to (laughs) be. They don't remember that you exist, but in your brain, that moment where they looked at you, that, that just stays there forever. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. I don't understand. It's the same with like competitions. If the other competitors, so because I did a Lyra competition in a couple, like in back in May, and I, I'm not a competitive person at all. I'm competitive when we play Mario Party, but as for competitions, it's like, no, I'm okay. That's, that just makes me so uncomfortable. I'm, I'm all right. But I felt like doing it with a friend and we got to dress up and I dressed up as the Joker and it was really fun. And I kind of smushed Lyra and cosplay together into this competition, which was really awesome. But anyway, you kind of, you're sitting there and you're performing in front of, I don't know, let's just say 150 people. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to be judging me. And it's like, no, the people that are there, are the people that are there for you, which is like your family. And then the families of all the other competitors and the other people are the other competitors that are only worried about their thing. And so there's only a handful of people, the people you invited and yourself that actually genuinely care about your performance because they're just waiting to get through yours to see their friend up there. So yeah, but then once you get up there, it's like, oh no, <laughs> like you <laughs> logically can think that, but it just still is very daunting. Right. It's, oh, and that's that weird thing. That's the weird difference between your logical brain and your kind of human illogical brain. It's just, yeah. it's so hard to like juggle it as, as a person that has any amount of anxiety. It's just, it's really difficult. It really is. I have a random question for you as well, is that in recent um, films, has there been any recent films that you've really liked? Because I feel like the writing in them, do you, because you write the fantasy novels, do you kind of um, analyze these, the writing of these, the plots and the, the dialogue of the movies in a similar way to books? And do you see how they're being really lazy recently or is that just me? I, um, so uh, yes, I, on, uh, when I'm watching something, I'm always thinking about, okay, how could this plot be better? What do I think is going to happen next? You know, how are these, are these characters going to end up together? Is this a romance angle? Is it a partnership angle? You know, like, okay, this, this guy's clearly the bad guy, but secret, (laughs) you know, like all that stuff. I think about all of that and I'm watching shows. I mean, like when it comes to movies and and TV, I do think I do think that you get a lot of I think that in in the kind of the visual entertainment industry, 
you get a lot of the um, you get a lot of people who assume that the visuals are the part that matters. Mm. You know, the actors um, and the things blowing up or the people looking sexy or whatever. That is what matters. And so I think that you do get a lot of, you know, writing being really low down kind of on the totem pole in terms of. It's just, it's insane. Do they think we're dumb? Like sometimes it's like, are you serious? Is this what you're going with right now? (laughs) Oh, but like, look at the pretty lights. Woo. It's like, no, 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 no. What did he just say? That dialogue was shit. And the thing is, is, and and I don't want to sound too cynical, but I think that a lot of audiences are dumb, Uh, not necessarily (laughs) actually dumb, but a lot of audiences are the type of people who are, you know, they just got home from work or they've only got, you know, one day on the weekend to just to zone out and enjoy something. No, see, I, I know what you mean, but that is me. I love just being the, the dumb watcher. I yeah. switch my brain off. I don't think at all. It's just the best. And still I'm getting disappointed by the writing in these films. I'm yeah. not even analyzing it. And as the dumb viewer, I'm just like, this is shit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to say the, the most recent film that I've watched that it has been actually super duper enjoyable. You're going to hate me for this. Is oh, literally no. the Rise of Gru Minions movie. That movie. <laughs> was actually so good like there was a couple like plot holes here and there but if you look past them because it's minions it was actually an enjoyable film and you can tell they just made it to be an enjoyable film whereas nowadays i feel like the films they're trying too hard or something they're not trying hard enough for certain things and trying too hard for other things and so you watch something and you're like i think that was good and then you rewatch an old movie and you're like oh well that was so much better like i don't know it's so it's so weird that you just our our level of of um what's it called when you have standard our standards are so low now or something where it's like it looks good but you know what it's it's very lazy writing or something whereas you look back at the old films and the classics and you're like oh damn that was actually good in every way well you i mean there's uh, like there's probably like people who are like you know film majors who have who have whole dissertations about this exact subject right um but i i got to imagine a lot of it has to do with streaming because streaming, you know, every every single company has their own streaming service now and they have to pump out content. And, you know, this is something that writers talk about a lot. You know, when we're in a room together, this is the nerdy crap we talk about is uh, is like is Netflix, for instance. Netflix just pumps out mediocre content because that's what their algorithms tell them people enjoy. And and so it's not even it's not even by accident. It's very much on purpose Mm. that they put out these movies and these TV shows that are only kind of engaging. Mm. They, you know, like they have somebody pretty in the lead and they have a passable plot that kind of doesn't make sense sometimes. But you try to ignore that because there's pretty things blowing up, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah, I guess because back in the day there was not so much media being created and films and all that kind of stuff. So when they did it, it had to be good. Yeah. Because it's like, this is the blockbuster of the year. Whereas now it's like, this is the blockbuster of the week. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I definitely think there's something to that. Um, I, I actually have a confession. Uh, I have not seen the, uh, the, the minion, the new minions movie, <laughs> but I love the minions. Like as oh little God. characters, yes. they're, they're hilarious. They're, they're so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. They're goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I hear people all the time will be like, oh, I hate these, you know, various cartoons and, and like the, the comedy, like the, like the backup comedy, like in yeah. like the snowman in Frozen. Oh my God. I love Olaf. I love him. I love him. I still love him. I think he's really funny. So cute. Same. I think he's the best. Yeah. You, you need these characters to like level out the other ones that have too much going on in their lives whereas yeah they just have this really like simple beings that are just there to be fun and I think that comedy has changed so much over the years that slapstick humor isn't really like a thing anymore it you know the the um Ace Ventura and all that kind of stuff where it's all very like your body moving and it's just funny or, or Mr. Bean. Yeah, I was just thinking Mr. Bean. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's kind of changed from from that, but there is some sort of nostalgia to it when you see something that 
that kind of takes elements from those yeah. those comedies and brings it in and you're just like I love these little yellow men they're so cute <laughs> well it's very it's like vaudeville you know it's going back to like the early 1900s when when people were like entertaining on a stage and so they had to move their like bodies in wacky ways to be able to like kind of get across to the audience and I, I don't know. I, I also do love that. I think it's fun. And and I, I love it when the two things meet, when you have like intelligent humor and it meets slapstick. Yes. Like, like Mel yes. Brooks movies. Yes. Like, like, you know, like Blazing Saddles, for instance. Blazing Saddles. I haven't watched that for so long. I need, it's on my list. It's on my list. It's so good. And it's such a, like a great indictment of, you know, race issues in America and all these things. But also, it, it's got all these goofy jokes in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much fun. It is. It is. Yeah. I just feel like we're. I'm waiting on being entertained by something special recently. I'm just waiting for that big that movie to be like, yes, that's the one. But I just, I feel like they've all kind of fallen flat for me recently. I don't know whether it's because I'm getting jaded or something or whether it's just like, yeah, like you said, they're not putting much effort into them anymore. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Did did you see, I know this is a few years ago, but did you see Knives Out? Oh my gosh, yes. Actually, that was a very refreshing movie. That was so good. That was yeah. so good. It yeah. had it had like the 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 car chase oh where they're God. like in this little tiny car going like 10 miles an hour. <laughs> no, that was that's a good one. I, I do agree with that for sure. That was a little while ago though. They're coming out with a second one, I think. Yeah, I, I hope so. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm down for another one. I um, I I yeah, because I have a crush on both Daniel Craig and Anna De Armas. Like, oh really? <laughs> nice. Anna De Armas is smoking, and Daniel Craig is like, I don't know. I think he's transitioning from James Bond to like you know, kind of gray fox really well. Oh my god, yeah, silver foxes are like they're my jam. They are my jam. Yeah. Oh my god, like Ben Stiller. Mwah. Like um um Steve Carell. Oh oh my goodness. Hello. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, so fantastic. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I have kept you for quite a while, but I, I I like to wrap up these interviews by asking every guest a very simple question, which is, what's the last thing that you ate that blew your mind? Hmm. I eat a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a really good, what, I don't know, what are we, hmm, something recently, because my favorite food is ramen, and I haven't had ramen for a little while. Um, but I did eat a really nice eggs Benny the other morning, which was very good. So nice. do you like eggs Benny? I, I, I don't like eggs. <gasps> but eggs, are, oh my gosh. It's I know, like, right? Like we need that for all of the good foods. I, I actually really struggle with this eggs and fish. I, I hate both. Oh, I don't like fish. That's fine. But it's like, I get the same reaction from eggs that I do from fish, where my whole body just like tenses up and I go, oh. Oh my gosh. And I, and, and honestly, I hate it because eggs are such an easy food. I would love to make myself eggs every day, but they, they just, every time I try to make them, it just, ugh. Oh, no. It, but weirdly though i can eat eggs in other things just fine like fried rice or if like or even like a like a sandwich that's got like um you know like a like a you know like a sandwich like with like sausage patty and like some egg on it or something like that that's yeah. no problem at all but like just eggs by themselves ugh. by themselves okay well this doesn't technically because it's got you know spinach and it's got the i think this one was on a um what i think it's called a potato roti or something and it was, I don't know, some fancy potato, um, what do they call them? Like hash brown kind of thing, like a fancy one of them. Right, right, right. Mm, like a so, like a, like a potatoes au gratin kind of thing. I have no idea. We might call them slightly different things. Honestly, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go with my meat pie I had yesterday. <laughs> that, 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 that eggs bitty was good, but nothing beats a meat pie. I'm, I'm yeah. locking it in. <laughs> Meat pie, that does sound good. It's so good. Have you had a meat pie before? I, I assume that I've had something similar. So when you say meat pie, do you mean, okay, I'm I'm guessing mm-hmm. that you either mean something like a meatloaf or like a pot pie. What? No, it's like a pie, um, like a, like a, like an apple pie, but it's got meat in it. Right. Okay. So that's like a pot pie. 
And yes, oh, okay. I, yes. I love pot pie. Just pot pie best. is like the best. Right? It's so good. You can't, you can't beat it. Yeah. So I just went to the bakery yesterday and I was like, just one plain pie, please. And it was just the best. That's fantastic. I, um, you mentioned ramen. I had ramen the other day. Mm. Oh, it was so good. It was the first time I'd had it in like a year and a half. Oh my gosh. I love good ramen. It's the, it's the best. Uh huh. Have you been to Japan to have it? No, I've never been to Japan. Oh, that's when that, that's good ramen. <laughs> I bet. I bet that's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, good ramen with a little bit of sake on the side. Mm, mm-hmm. In Japan, mm-hmm. I mean, that's always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Means that you're on a holiday as well, so adds to the uh, to the good taste. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That was cosplayer Nick Melian. Thanks again to Nick for coming on to chat. You can find links to Nick's social media down in the show notes. You can find me, as always, at brianmcclellan.com. Special thanks to James Sutter for music and Tom Bishop for production. If you'd like to support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash pagebreak or buy my books in ebook, paperback, or audio. You can also get signed copies of my books direct from my website or swag from my Redbubble store. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you're listening to this via Patreon, please stick around for a bonus chat during the epilogue. Special thanks to Elijah, Ivor Gullickson, James Clark, Jennifer Johnson, Jay Sunnell, Kyle Anderson, Sexton Hardcastle, and Talon for their backing on Patreon. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 